do. Uh, we serve. We serve our family. Jesus' words, I came to serve, not to be served, and I give my life as a ransom for Well, I, you know, I tell guys all the time, I said, you know, if you really, I said, if you really want to do something wonderful for your children, love their mother and show that to them. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and today I'm excited to welcome over the phone line, Ted DiBiase. Ted, how are you today? Very good. How are you? I'm doing quite well, and I'm excited to have you on. So you are a WWE Hall of Fame pro wrestler, and that's probably how most people know you, but you're also an author, evangelist, and speaker. And I'm excited to talk about how those two things come together today. Okay. I mean, it's like uh, uh, the short version is, is you know, I, I grew up in a, in a wrestling family. My, my stepfather was a professional wrestler as well as a uh, he had a storied career at the University of Nebraska, both in football and, and uh, amateur wrestling, and, and so I was a kid who grew up wanting to be like my dad. Uh, I lost him when, he, when I was 15 uh, to a heart attack. Uh, I watched my mother sink into to despair and alcohol, and but the things that my father instilled in me in terms of character things, principles, uh, be the head, not the tail, be a leader, not a follower. If you're willing to work hard, you can achieve whatever you want. And uh, those those things carried me pretty much until I well, and I graduated from high school in this little school in southern Arizona, got a college college scholarship to play football. But when I got there, you know, uh, I really basically abandoned my childlike faith because the two things that took over in my life and pretty much consumed me for the next twenty years was my male pride and, and my ego. And uh, a failed marriage, a child, uh, remarried to a wonderful Christian woman, two more children, get my son back, get get the biggest break in my wrestling career. I go to the WWF and become this character, the million dollar man who's in our in our in our business is a bad guy. And uh but, you know, he's the epitome of everything God wouldn't want you to be as a character. And uh but wrestling got to be so big I got all, you know, I, I just went right down the path of everybody, uh, you know, wine, women, and song, and and then uh, that all burst, that bubble got burst in uh, March of 92. My my wife discovered that I was cheating and that I was, you know, uh, you know, carrying on like the other guys, and that was the real uh, hit the wall, come to Jesus moment for me, and uh, I never, you know, uh, God restored us, I mean, that's what this movie uh, the price of fame is about uh, the restoration of me, the restoration of my family. But I never, I never in a thousand years thought that, you know, that I would end up being a minister. And uh, this all, the, this initially happened in, in 1992. Well, eight years later, uh, I step out of professional wrestling as a vocation in life. I mean, I hadn't wrestled physically since '93, but I was still part of the industry. Uh, and in 2000, I, I stepped out, and I've been serving God in evangelism and, and as a speaker uh, for the last 17 years. And it's just been an incredible journey. That's a really incredible story. And, and like you mentioned, you've got uh, the documentary, The Price of Fame, coming out November 7th in theaters nationwide. Now, I, I'm, I am curious, so then, given this whole story, how did you go about turning that into a documentary film? You know, it's funny because I've been telling my story. I mean, as I'm, I'm an evangelist, so I've been sharing this this testimony, if you will, as, as the the you know the foundation of what I do as a, as a minister for 17 years. But uh, 
it's a it's a it's a god story uh, a fella approached me about doing in wrestling what we call a shoot interview in other words we're not talking wrestling storylines we're talking real life so whenever you start talking to me about my real life i'm going to start telling you what jesus is doing in it and uh, uh pete fierro is the guy who directed this thing and put it all together and pete in his own words at the time of the interview and he was doing the interview for a friend it wasn't even his own idea <laughs> At the time of the interview, uh, in his own words, he was the backslidden son of a minister, and he's, my story resonated with him. Uh, it it turned him around. Uh, he, you know, he he and I became friends. Anytime I was in the New York area, he would come and hear me speak. Uh, and then he approaches me one day and says, "Teddy says I'd, I'd like to do I'd like to document your your story, because what he does his normal job is he does uh, wedding photography and video, so he documents weddings all the time. And it was but his first his first try at a full length documentary. And uh, when we complete it's a three year project. When we completed this, um, my son Ted Junior. Uh, had been in a movie and, and had helped some other people and, and knew some people. Anyway, he he sends the documentary to the same people who helped market movies like God's Not Dead, God's Not Dead 2, uh, The Blind Side, you know, uh, War Room. And this was just before Christmas last year. And they said, well, well, we'll take a look at it and we'll get back to you after Christmas. They called us back the next day and they said, we want to help you guys get this thing out. This is great. So... Here we are, and it's like uh, I never envisioned a fathom event. I mean, uh, it's a one-day viewing, uh, but it's in between 650 to 700 theaters all across the United States on uh, November the 7th, Tuesday, this next coming Tuesday. And uh, somebody told me that that was also Billy Graham's 99th birthday, and I'm going to take that as a good omen. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So So here we go. I mean, it's like... uh, uh, and you know, our, our our hope, our prayer is that you know, uh, even if you're not a believer, that there's something you can take away from this, and that you know, basically, it's it's funny. My motto was everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. I thought I could buy anybody or anything in, in terms of this character that I played. But the reality is that uh, you know, I want people to come away from this understanding that irregardless of how much wealth you have and how much stuff you acquire, but you're not going to find true peace and happiness in that. That the, the true peace and happiness comes in in, uh, in having a strong character, strong values, and having integrity, and, and, and uh, you know, being a servant to your family. Uh, the more I serve my family, uh, it, it's incredible. Um, I talk to men, I speak, I do a lot of men's conferences, and I tell guys, I said, this is not a macho statement, and if you're a real macho guy, you're not going to like it, but have you ever heard of the term servant-husband? And I said, because if we emulate Jesus Christ, that's what we do. Uh, we serve. We serve our family. Jesus' words, I came to serve, not to be served, and I give my life as a ransom for many. So uh, when I started doing that, uh, the whole dynamic of my life changed. Love that, and I especially love that term "servant husband" because I don't think that's something that's uh, focused on a lot in the church these days. Um, what are some of the practical ways, especially for any men listening to this podcast who may be husbands or fathers, how can they live that out? Well, I, you know, I tell guys all the time. I said, you know, if you really, I said, if you really want to do something wonderful for your children, love their mother and show that to them. 
and you show that to them in, in those things, it's like, it's, it's the little things. Uh, for example, you know, uh, you know, my wife's not necessarily, necessarily a morning person. That's funny as she gets older, she's, she's, she's becoming more of a morning person, but, uh, she wasn't. And so I, I, I jump out, I bounce out of bed in the morning thing. So usually my wife get, gets her first cup of coffee sitting in bed <laughs> watching the news. And it's just something that I do. Uh, um, I do a good percentage of the laundry. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's funny. It's, uh, when I basically said when I when I when I shifted the focus of my life from you know job, uh, my identity was I was the wrestler. I was you know that was the most important thing. And then when I really gave my life to Christ, number one, my, the first the most important thing in my life is my relationship with Jesus Christ. Then it's my family, and third on the list is my job. So my family with Trumps. Trump's job every time now. It's like uh, when it comes to a decision like that, you know. Well, you know, Ted, you know, if you come, if you come do this appearance for us this on this particular weekend, now, man, we could give you this much money. And I go, what weekend is that? Uh, well, that, that's that's Thanksgiving weekend. I says, oh, sorry, I'm going to be at home with my folks, with my parent, with my family. Um, it's it's making that a priority in your life, and uh, be engaged. I mean, we have we have. 35% of the children being raised in this country right now don't have dads. And I'm not just talking about deadbeat guys who get women pregnant and just bail. I'm talking about men who go to work every day and they come home to a family, you know, and as soon as they hit the door, they, you know, they're in the they're in the, the recliner with the with the remote and you know, they sit there rather than go to their son's game or their daughter's recital and you need to be engaged. You need to be engaged in what your children are doing. And even as I traveled, uh, my wife would tell you this, I traveled and wrestled and, and, uh, and, and facing her, one of the first things she said to me, she goes, in spite of what you've done to me, you're a great dad and your children hold you up on a pedestal. And she goes, I don't want to destroy that. So until they're old enough to understand this, they don't know about it. Because even though I would travel and was gone a lot, I, I would call home. And when my boys had games or whatever, I mean, I was on the phone. I go, hey, I know you got a game tonight. I can't be there, but I'm, I'm I'm with you in spirit. And I said, when the game's over, I want a phone call right away. To you know, I want the results. So even when I wasn't there, my my children knew that I was there, that I was with them, and that I was thinking about them. And uh, you know, Jesus said, Mike, make disciples. And you can't make a disciple unless you walk with somebody. And, and, and you're engaged in their life. And, and uh, like my youngest son, Brett, he wears his feelings on his sleeve. And it's like, <laughs> I told all my boys when they were little, I said, look, there's, you know, if you get if you get in trouble, if you do something, then I want to hear about it first. I said, it'd be a lot easier if you tell me first and, and I, than to find out from somebody else. And he says, now, there may be a punishment, but the only things that I'll ever whip you for is I, I don't, I hate a liar and a thief. So don't ever lie to me and don't ever don't ever steal anything. And so, so every time I would come home, my youngest son Brett would, and even even if he'd get in trouble with his mother and his mom would say, you know, don't worry, I'm not going to tell your dad. He told me, he, he you know, he would take me in the other room. He said, Dad, he just get you know his conscience. He just said, Dad, this is what happened. You know, and then of course he would always he would always remind me of what I said. Now you said if I always told you, <laughs> <laughs> but those are some practical things. That's great advice. 
And and obviously not everyone who goes to this movie will be a father or even a man, but I think that one thing also that the documentary can speak to is that as a society, as a culture, I think we're often very materialistic. And you went from playing a character who was the epitome of materialism um, to now being a man of God. Can you talk about that transition and how people can shun materialism in their lives? Uh, you know, it's 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 a process, of course, but it's uh, it's 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 setting priorities. It's um, uh, it's kind of like uh, when I came to that crossroad where um, do I you know do I go on and and be, stay stay in the wrestling business? Uh, I started to work my way out of that uh, shortly after this and. Uh, actually, I think God did it. I had a neck injury. Uh, I could have gone back to work. They said, they advised me not to. They said, no, we're required to tell you this. It was a neck thing. They replaced a disc. And they said, chances are nothing could ha- will, will happen. But, you know, if you were to be dropped on your head just right, you know, it could paralyze you. Uh, I was about to turn 40. Well, you know, my dad died of a heart attack during a wrestling match when he was 45. And I said, you know what, it's time to go. And because all all of those other things were happening at the same time, the, the refocus of my life on, on my on my wife and my, and my family, it's it's making you know it's it's a conscious decision to prioritize that. Uh, you know, instead of coming home and flopping down in the chair, uh, you you know get up and go to go to your son's game. Go to your daughter's recital. Uh, be, you know, pray with them. You know, I, it's amazing. I'm amazed by how many men I know that have never even prayed with their wives. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because the first thing as a, as a man of God that I'm supposed to be is a spiritual leader in my home. It's my obligation to take my family to church, not, not my not my wife's. And uh, so when I assumed those roles, uh, and when and when character and integrity became at the forefront. Uh, you know, I said, well, I'm, I'm going to live my life this way intentionally. Um, and quite frankly, personally, I, I, I don't think I could have ever done this without God. Uh, and you know, and I, I don't know, and I, you know, whoever's listening, you know, if you're not a believer, uh, okay, but I'm just going to tell you, if you the, 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 the thing that carried me through all of this was, was Jesus Christ. Fantastic. And that's the, and that's the message that resonates in the documentary, right? Exactly. Great. Well, uh, you want to give you want to give that info one last time on the Price of Fame release for our audience before we go. Sure. Uh, the Price of Fame will be seen in select theaters all over the United States next Tuesday, November the seventh, at seven p.m. Regardless of what time zone you're in, and to uh, to check for the theaters in your area. And again, it's a fathom event, so it's just one night. It's one showing. Uh, you, go, you can go to uh, thepriceoffame.com or you can actually go to fathom.com and enter your zip code and it'll show you what theaters uh, the theaters that are that are uh, closest to you where, where, where you can see the film great well Ted thank you so much for coming on the show today it's been amazing to talk with you today it's been a fantastic interview would you mind closing us out with a prayer uh, not at all Father God, we come before you now, Lord, and I lift up everyone listening, and I just pray, dear God, that uh, if they know you, Lord, that 
that that you would give them a heart that that uh, that seeks to search for you and be closer to you, uh, Lord. That you would give them peace and that you would give them uh, favor in their life as they live their lives to lead people to you. And Lord God, for those who are listening who may not know you, Lord, I pray that they would they would hear your words as you said. I stand at the door and knock. If you but open that door, I'll come in, and I will sup with you. And Lord, that they would come to know you in a very real way. Lord, I pray for our country. I pray for all this turmoil. I pray, dear God, that you would, as we turn back to you, that you would bring us peace. And I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Ted DiBiase on Charisma Connection here on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and thanks for joining us. Regent University is one of the fastest growing universities in the nation, experiencing 21% growth from summer 2016 to summer 2017. This fully accredited university offers associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees within an innovative learning environment that includes the option of enrolling solely on campus in Virginia Beach, Virginia, 100% online, or using a blend of both. Since its establishment in 1978, Regent has equipped 23,000 alumni from 125 countries to become accomplished professionals. Guided by a mission of Christian leadership to change the world, the school prepares students with the knowledge to excel and the faith to live with purpose. To learn more or request information, visit www.learn.regent.edu. That's www.learn.regent.edu. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. Thank you.